Welcome to Mudflap and Palmer Were Forced to Do a Podcast, a weekly bonus bit of the Mudflap and Palmer Show, starring Mudflap and Palmer. Reach out to us on Facebook or email mudflapandpalmer at gmail.com. Now, against their will and most people's wishes, here are Mudflap and Palmer. Hey guys, and welcome back. It is episode number six of Mudflap and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast. Forced. I am Palmer. Forced, I say. <laughs> He's Palmer and I'm Mudflap, and we were forced to do a podcast. But we're enjoying it. And I we're like glad. doing the podcast. Well, we heard a lot last week from people that said that they listened to the podcast, and we saw some of the download numbers and the play numbers. And wow, thank you guys so yeah. much. We really never thought it would get this big this quick and we're hoping that you enjoy it uh, if you have any comments or questions or suggestions you can reach out to us on social media you can also email us at mudflatandpalmer at gmail.com and we'd love to hear from you and as a matter of fact we've been discussing behind the scenes about perhaps incorporating some of you in some way in some fashion into the podcast we're working out the details but we will definitely let you know when we need you guys to step up as content creators. That's it. The more the merrier. Exactly. It's a big party here. You know, it can't just be just us. I mean, we were forced to do a podcast, but we're going to ask you. We're going to force you to do one as well. I'm, we're not going to force anybody to do anything. Says you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just turn around and do what we were forced to do and make others make others do what we were forced to do. That's the way it runs downhill. Is that how it? that works? I think so. Okay. All right. <laughs> What are we talking about in this week's podcast? I haven't the slightest clue. How about that? No, right. I actually do have the slightest clue. Something that came up on Friday's show, and we're recording this right after Friday's show, um, is, and I found this to be interesting that you said that you only had this happen one time. Because I've had it happen a couple times at different points in my life, in different movies. We were talking about when we went to movie theaters, falling asleep during a movie. Now, Recap, because you brought it up on the air, the movie that you fell asleep in. It was Harry Potter. It was the very first Harry Potter, and my son had read the books. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's, what, 28 now. Uh, And so it tells you how long ago that movie was out. Sure. But he had to go. And I was like, okay, fine, we'll go. And so we went, and I knew nothing about Harry Potter. I never read the books, had no background information or anything. That usually helps, though, if you do, especially with Harry Potter. Right. If you had some kind of knowledge of the universe and the story and the characters going into that first movie, that might have helped you. But it if didn't. you did not, it, it, it was so boring. The first movie was so boring. When you go back, if you've, Compared to the you've rest seen of all the movies now. Yes. And I've seen all the movies now, and I love the Harry Potter universe. But when you go back and watch that first movie, even the second movie, they're kind of long. They're kind of drawn out and boring. I didn't know how long the movie was. I mean, how it, long is it? It you know? felt like it was forever. <laughs> because within the first hour, I mean, I was literally snoring. And, mm-hmm. and my son's like elbowing me mm-hmm. in, in the rib cage, going, Dad, Dad, you're snoring. I was like, I'm not snoring. You know, I'm doing the, you know, I'm just closing my, my, my eyes. eyes are, I'm resting. Yeah. And so that's the only time it's ever happened to me. Because I feel like if I go to the movies and I spend that kind of money, right. I at least want to be awake. Well, I have three different movies over the course of my life that I fell asleep in. Uh, the first one was back when I was in my early mid-20s when Adam's Family Values came out. You went and saw that in theaters? I did. No wonder why you are so You pick horrible movies to go see in theaters. No, that's, the thing with that one is I lived in a small town in Virginia, and me and my roommate at the time were just looking for something, anything to do. We said, okay, let's go to the movie theater. Let's go see Adam's Family Values. And I conked out. Like, 
I it didn't take long. Harry Potter was two hours and thirty two minutes. The very first one, the first one, which was the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes, two thirty two. Yep. Wow. And it was one of the longer ones. Uh, they all seem to average about that. Just right. kind of scrolling through, but that is one of the longest ones. The only only two that are longer are the second one and the fourth one. And it's only by a couple of minutes. And the second one, like I said, to me, even though I was invested, I'd read all the books. Uh, to me, this first and the second one uh, were both long and kind of boring. I thought they were good, again, because I had knowledge of the universe. But at this, so there was stuff happening on the screen that I was expecting, that I knew of, characters that I related to. I like the second one so much better than the first one, though. The first one has the unfortunate duty of setting the stage for the entire franchise. And there was a lot of things they replaced. Right. And for me, if you know me, that is just, oh, it is. You're not a long movie person. It's a bore fest. Yeah. Just set the table and move. That's what that's what I'm asking you to do. Well, Adam's Family Values was the first one I fell asleep in. And that one I just conked right out. I, I, I got, and, and I got the elbow from my friend. I was like, he's like, hey. You're falling asleep. Uh, yeah, that's going to happen. I kind of like curled up in a ball in the chair. I said, I'm done with this. Check, please. The uh, Actually, that wasn't the first one. That was the second one <laughs> that I'd fallen asleep to. The third one was one I took the girls to when they were young. It was a cartoon. You may not have ever heard of it. It was called Teacher's Pet. No, don't know that one. And the only thing I remember about that is it was a, not a cartoon I was familiar with. They both wanted to see it. I took them. We sat in like the front row. And all I know is it was the loudest movie I've ever been in because I was drifting off. But at the same time, what was going on on the screen was waking me up. So it was very nightmarish in, in that it was half asleep, half awake, and it was animated. And the kids loved it, but I was zonked out. But here's the one that I really wanted to talk about. Wow, it's a great cast. Nathan Lane, Kelsey Grammer. In what? In that movie. In Teacher's Pet? Yeah. What I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know. There was a cartoon on the screen. That's all I know. Came out in 2004. Yeah. How'd so, you fall asleep? It was only an hour and 14 minutes. On top of that, like I said, the theater, Swamp Fox Cinema here in Florence, played it extraordinarily loud. So this, the, what was going on on the screen would continue to wake up, wake me up. But here's the Jerry one. Stiller's in this? You fell asleep in this movie? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. Wow. But here's the third one, and this is the one that you'll know. This is the one that you relate to. And I went with my, uh, with a uh, girl I was actually engaged to at the time. This would have been back in the late 80s. And we went to see who framed Roger Rabbit. Hold up. Hold up. Before you get into that, I loved this movie. But apparently I had had had, had a couple of long days. I mean, I love, that is one of my favorite movies. Oh, mine too. Hands it down. It is genius. Uh, but at the same time, I was just so exhausted, and we'd gone to the late movie. And I started, I, I apparently had fallen asleep towards the end of it. I made it most of the way through. But one thing woke me up, and it's this scene right here. Remember me, Eddie? When I killed your brother, I talked just like This scene. If you wake up and you're a little disoriented, when Judge Doom reveals who he really is oh, and his voice yeah. goes up and he starts shooting, his eyeballs start popping out and you realize he's really a tune. That, it's, it's kind of almost I almost wet my pants as an adult. I am not kidding. Because <laughs> I went from, I'm watching the movie, I'm enjoying the movie, oh, I must have nodded off, to that right in my face wow. at top volume and I literally almost crawled out of my chair when I woke up and saw that. I was like scrambling. 
I, cause, I, I wish there was video oh, back then. Oh, I was, and she looked at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, and I just couldn't talk for a minute because to come out of a quiet, dreamless sleep to that, and it's such a striking image if you're prepared for it. If you're not prepared for it. Yeah, it comes right it, at you on the screen if look, you haven't seen it. The last it. thing I remember seeing in the movie before that was, oh, some kind of happy scene with you know the rabbit and you know, <laughs> there's the Jessica weasels. Rabbit. And, yeah, yeah, and all of that. And the next thing I know, there's that. There's Christopher Lloyd as Judge Doom transforming from the human Christopher Lloyd to the judge that is the cartoon. They the, couldn't the, have found a better person to oh play that. Oh, my God. It. I, I swear to you, I almost wet my pants. I swear to you. I was so terrorized as an adult by that. Would I have been as terrorized if I was watching it up to that point? Probably no, not. It, it would have it would you disturbed knew it was me. Yeah. It, would, it, it still disturbs me. But just to be awakened to that exact scene literally left a scar. That that movie's so great. And I still love now that I want to see it. I still love that movie. I saw some clips the other day. My daughter was watching something on TV. One of the YouTube channels she watches is called. Uh, the nostalgia critic, and he was reviewing that movie, and he was talking about how much he loved it, and and the genius that went into making it, and he got to that scene, and of course everybody in my family is familiar with the movie, and he got to that scene that I'm, I was just describing, and I turned to my daughter, and I said, "You have no idea how scarred I am by that scene." <laughs> and it, as soon as I said that, he said, and he had seen it as a kid, he said, "This traumatized me like you have no idea." It is a scene that if you if, if you were of a certain age or in my case, it will case, definitely get you. It will you will remember it for life. You will remember it for life. That it's like being for me, said, it's Jaws, but for for you, it's that. Oh no, there was a scene in Jaws too. Yeah, it had nothing to do with sleeping in the theater. But my brother and I went. To, I don't know what my mother was thinking. I lived on Long Island at the time, so <laughs> the movie was supposed to take place off the shores of Long Island. Sure, and the one scene, and to this day, it is a scene that I can't watch. In that movie is when Richard Dreyfuss's character is digging around underneath the boat underwater, and he's got a knife and he's digging in this hole that it, that the shark had left, and the head pops out with the like dangling eye or whatever, and he like flips out and like surfaces real fast. I I went from watching that movie and going, oh yeah, sharks eating people, this is great, to that scene. The rest of the movie, I had my baseball cap over my face and I was watching it through the little holes. In my baseball cap, I couldn't do it otherwise. My experience. And I, was like, with, I was like 11 or 12. With Jaws was weird because my stepfather had just won this big screen television from Coca-Cola or something. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the ones that weigh like 90,000 pounds. It was the old school big that projector. That had the big back to it? Yes. So the screen looks like it's a high def TV like we have yes. today. But it was not flat. It was not. No, it had about 80 pounds of stuff behind it. It was a monster. <laughs> and for whatever reason, they invited the Mormons over. And we were literally sitting there watching Jaws with the Mormons. And that's what I remember about that. And then, of course, being traumatized by Jaws altogether. So there was no particular scene in that movie? It was just the movie itself? It was just the fact that, that something that huge is something I never, I guess, thought about before as a kid. That, wow, there's sharks really big out there and they will eat you. Well, And I was, you know, just getting into surfing at the time. And so <laughs> that was like a big thing for me. At the same age, my dad and I went fishing off the, not like deep sea fishing, but off a pier. Right. And this was before I had seen Jaws. So I knew there were sharks in the water, whatever. 
And we were sitting there fishing. It was just sitting on the pier, bobbers in the water. And there's this duck going by. And we're looking at the duck because it's no more than 15, 20 feet off the pier. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the shark comes out from the water and goes, whoop, duck gone. And I just went, I just, I had this, and my dad, did you see that? I went, Ugh. I'm going to go sit in the car. Yeah. I'm, I'm said, done. I'm reeling my, I'm reeling my reel back in going, done here. This we is it. Done. You, we're talking about trauma. We were originally, we we're talking about movies we fell asleep to in movie theaters, and we've turned this into movies and things about movies that have traumatized us. I'll go one more thing. And uh, I think I've told this story to you before. I may have even said it on the air. When I was about 10 in the mid 70s, uh, we had this big house. It was not a rich house, but a big house. It was like somebody, the previous owner, had added this huge studio onto the end of it. This big room that had a high roof and everything else. It was really just like a warehouse type thing, but they'd converted it into a garage. Right. And I was watching TV one night. I'm on the couch. And my whole family decided they were going to go to bed. And I was the only one up. And again, it couldn't have been too late, 9, 10 o'clock at night. I was only 10 at the time. And I was watching whatever was on TV. And there was this moment. Ordinarily, you have warning when a show goes to commercial or whatever. But in this particular instance, this show cut mid-sentence to a trailer for a horror movie. Where the very first scene in this trailer is this demon, his face up close, the scariest thing I'd ever seen at 10 years old, going, ooh, are you? And I just went, ah! And I froze. And I froze. And this was not in the days of remote controls. Yeah. I mean, the TV was across the room. I ran. I literally jumped off the couch and went, all the way to the other end of the house to my bedroom and flew through the door and under the covers in one move. I have never been so scared because it wasn't expected. It wasn't. It's so out of the blue. Yes. Yeah, and it catches again, you off guard. Whatever I was watching was mid-sentence. It, it just cut off and went right to that trailer. And if you go on YouTube and see that trailer, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It's like somebody hacked the television station. It, it, was, a, it was a movie called Be- Behind the, Beyond the Green Door? Behind the Green Door? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. And it was a ripoff of The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. And if you go and look at the trailer, even now I go, this scarred me so bad. So bad. And that scene, just that trailer, which, keep in mind, trailers are supposed to be for everybody. They're on it's broadcast to TV. get you to watch the movie. Right. Right. There's some interest here. Not to make you feel like you're going to have a cardiac arrest at the age of 10. <laughs> That's not what trailers are for. And I have never seen that movie as a kid, as a grown-up. I won't go near it, but I will every couple of years go back and look at that trailer just, just to, to go, see. oh, dear God in heaven, it's still scary. It's still there. And it's not scary. The thing is, it's a poor grade B movie trailer and movie. It's just very poorly done, but the setup was just right that night. And I will remember that till the day I die. The only other movie that really traumatized me, I guess I was 14. And it was when the first Nightmare on Elm Street came out. Oh. and just, I got the creeps from that. And I was, in the, I was in the Marine Corps at the time, and I got the creeps from that. Everything about that movie scared me, including the waterbed scene. Because mm. I had the exact same waterbed. It, oh. was, it was, I think everybody did back in 1984. That was Johnny Depp's first yes. uh, on-screen appearance. And it, the end of Freddy Krueger got him in the waterbed. Yeah, and when Freddy Krueger came up from... Basically, threw the water, through the mattress, and drug him down into mm-hmm. that bed. And blended him. 
that was the day that I got rid of my waterbed. <laughs> I was done. It was out the door. I told my mom, nope. you do whatever it is that you need to do, but I'm not sleeping on this. Okay, question for you, since this movie traumatized you so much, and that came out in about 84. I it was think. 84. Uh, because, again, that was my first year in the military. I went to see a midnight showing of that oh. by myself. My girlfriend didn't want to go at the time, so I and I was at her house. I said, well, I'm just going to go down the street and go see it. Mm-hmm. And I left there going, and if you watch it now, it's funny. It's not that scary. There are some you know, jump scares or whatever. Back, that's what got but, me. But but yeah. I was, horror movies don't really get me, but that one got me. There's one scene in that movie, and I know you remember the movie almost in its entirety. And I'll ask you first, was the water red scene the worst scene for you? That was bad. Yeah, that was the worst one for me. And, and then in another Freddy Krueger movie, um, and I don't know if it was the second or the third one, it might have been the Dream Warriors one, mm-hmm. where the drug addict was clean. Oh, with the needles? And, and I can remember what he said. What a rush. As, <laughs> what his, a rush. as his fingers, the claws, turned right. into a basically hyperdermic needles. needles, and that's what he was doing. And yeah, that one got me too. In the first Nightmare on Elm Street, and this is weird because it's a very subtle moment, but it's one that just sent a jolt down my spine. There is a scene where Nancy comes to get her uh, friend or at least talk to him while he's in the jail. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's outside, and the jail is set down so she can look down through the window at what's happening. And her friend, Nick, I think his name was, is asleep on the cot. And Freddie shows up outside the cell and then just walks through the bars and looks up at her and grins. That jolted me to no end. I went, oh! Doesn't he, like, pin him to the ceiling? Yeah, that's what we're... Oh, Yeah, that was creepy. No, no, no. That scene, more than any other scene, because there was just that sly that, menace, like, there's nothing you can do about this. Watch what's about to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Boy, that flipped me out. That was I just really, want really that bad. confidence to this day, you know? <laughs> you just look at somebody <laughs> and go, watch this. Yeah, well, hey, here you go. <laughs> do something about it, because you can't. So anyway, there you go. A little talk about movies, movies we fell asleep in, movies that we probably should have slept through because they were traumatizing. Yep. Uh, and uh, there you go. So anyway, okay, I got a second thing that I want to talk about. And this is something that also came up uh, during Friday's show. And this was about people, missed opportunities, people making money doing stuff that you think will never, ever generate money. And we've seen this in the past. Stupid ideas. From the you from the uh, OnlyFans person, the woman who was selling her own farts in a jar. Oh yeah, for thousands of dollars, thousands. It's a of sick world we live in. To just the other day, we were talking about the woman who now is a quote unquote professional baby namer, and people say, "I don't know what to name my child." She says William, and then gets paid ten thousand dollars. Really? And that's the low end, you know. Right. Uh, well, she had made one hundred and fifty thousand dollars last year. I read this story, and the story is, if you just want her to name your kid without doing any digging or anything as right. far as, like, ancestry or stuff like that's, that. That's low rent. It's $1,500. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but for the, when she starts digging. By genealogy. To, yeah, and getting all that, that's the ten grand price. Sure. But I'm like, wait. That's something you can so do on Google decided, in an afternoon. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You've decided to have a kid with somebody, and neither one of you have, like, this big family name. That you want to incorporate somehow? Or much less the, the mental... Or just something you like. The mental wherewithal to come up with a name that you both agree on. And BT-dubs, you may want to save that ten grand. Kids are expensive. 
Yeah. <laughs> the reason I brought this up today on the show was because there was an artist back in France in the 50s. Mm-hmm. His name was Yves Klein, and he did what he called invisible art. And he suckered people saying it was a statement. This is a political statement. This is whatever. And he'd put a stand out, like your TV stand or whatever. He'd put it out there and say, there's an invisible statue on there. <laughs> and people would go, take my money. Yeah, he he made a ton of money off of this. And he would say, we, because he's French, you see? But no, he made a ton of money. And and the way this story actually, and I'd never heard of this, but the way the story came to me this week was apparently one of the sales receipts for a piece of invisible art went on auction for over a million dollars. One million, one hundred and fifty one thousand dollars. For somebody who didn't buy anything. Right. Well... Right, but a receipt yeah, I know. from somebody who didn't buy anything. It makes sense. And he had done hundreds of these quote-unquote paintings or statues, sculptures, called them invisible art. So basically, as you're sitting there watching Oprah in the afternoon at home, I just made five pieces of invisible art. <laughs> I've been very productive. Breaking a sweat. I'm going to tell my wife that's my side gig now. Going to sell them. <laughs> Gonna sell them for tens of thousands of dollars. Holy cow! I want to see how fast she puts me away. <laughs> but you came up with what I thought was a brilliant <laughs> idea, and I'm not sure how. And I'm saying this now because we talked about it briefly on the air, but it was a brilliant idea. So flesh it out. Look about your invisible car. I think you know. I I just went ahead and got myself the highest end Tesla that yeah. you could possibly get. What is it? It's invisible. It's invisible. You can't see it. Can you drive in it? It's a lot like Wonder Woman's plane. <laughs> and so what I'm going to do is yeah. I'm going to post it up on social media. Okay. A picture of this amazing Tesla. And we're going to start the gonna, How are you going to do that? I'm just going to take a picture of an empty parking space <laughs> and see if anybody bids on it. I'll give them a receipt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's the same if thing. If you make two damn cents off this, I'm going to be so mad at you. I know. If you make two damn cents. I'm going to try. Uh-huh. We're, we'll see. Uh, hey, hey, it comes with a charger port and everything. But you know what? We've been going through this our entire lives. People that come yeah. up with the stupidest ideas. And you go, how did they make money off when of When I was a kid, uh, you this would have been in the mid to late 70s, so you would have been a little young for this, but I'm sure I know you've heard of it. There was the Pet Rock. Yes. Now, for those of you I that received had, a Pet Rock one time for Christmas. Did you really? Like I the did. actual Pet Rock? Yeah. Okay, so for those folks that don't know what it is, and, and again, Google it. Because you're not going to believe it. A person got rich. I'm talking about really rich by selling pet rocks. What is a pet rock? A pet rock is a little cardboard box about the size of a box of animal crackers. Yes. Okay? In this box is a rock. What's so special about the rock, you ask? Not a thing. Nothing. It's a rock. It's a rock. You literally can walk outside right now, grab a rock. It's the same damn rock. But what he did was he put this in a box, and the box said, here's my pet rock. And it had holes in it like it needed air. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. (laughs) And people bought this. What if I told you you can get one right now and everything you just described on Amazon, eBay, Etsy? One of the original ones, or are they still making them? There's one that's authentic. It's an original 1975 pet rock Mm -hmm. with the box care training whatever it is. Right. Uh, you can get it right now at twenty four ninety nine on eBay. Twenty four dollars and ninety nine cents. Yep. Really, I'm actually shocked that it's not twenty four hundred and ninety nine. I'm shocked too. 
It's one of the original ones. Now, so there's gotta... one on there that's $45, uh, and I guess they vary depending on quote-unquote rarity. Well, then I came up with this idea. I mean, and that's insane, but there are other things that are like that. Uh, you'll get people that, for example, will say, here is a, uh, you know, do you miss the beach? Here's a jar of beach air. And they'll sell that, and people will buy it. Oh, I know. It's crazy. Yep. I just, I... The reason I think, and I'm a creative guy, you, you're, you're a smart guy. The reason I think we don't do this is because we have consciences. And I think the reason we don't actually do this is because for every... I'm about to tell you something that's going to make you sick. Okay, but, but for every one of these sales, you're taking advantage of somebody. You're taking their money. And granted, if they're that stupid, they deserve to be able to have their money fleeced from them. I think you and I have a conscience enough that we don't want to take advantage of somebody. Now, make me feel sick. So the guy who invented, quote-unquote, the pet rock, his name is Gary Dahl. Okay. How much money do you think he made off of this? Off the pet rock. Uh, it was over a million. It was probably, I'd guess, he was a minor millionaire. You're talking about the 70s and you're talking about the, the career of the thing. $10 million. No, way over the top. Really? J- Wait, he, I'm over the top? Yeah. Or he I'm, only, I'm low? He, no, you're high. Um, he sold these for three dollars and ninety five cents each. Right, okay. Right. He ended up making his net worth is two million dollars. He made just off the pet rock one million dollars and has sold one point five million pet rocks as of two thousand fifteen when this article is. So written. be be aware that we're starting with nineteen seventy five dollars. Yeah. Okay. So a million was a little bit more back then than it is now. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're talking about the whole history of the pet well, rock. Well, he ended up selling the the whole business. And this is where he made his money. Fifteen million. <laughs> fifteen million. He walked away with fifteen million dollars. It's a rock, people. Yeah. It's a rock. Yeah. It is a rock. Disgusting. <sighs> Absolutely disgusting. But that's why, you know, that we don't do this stuff. I did come up with an idea and I saw that people were actually making money because they had social media accounts that were getting a lot of followers, a lot of likes, a lot of whatevers. And they were making money off that. And I said, you know what? I should have done this when I had a dog. I should have done this when I had Ginger. And here was my idea because I refused to put the work into this stupidity. But if it makes money, I'd be okay with that. And what I was going to do was create, and the next time I get a pet, I will create a social media page and I'll take one picture. And it's going to be a face picture of a cute dog. Your daughter, who does this for your family all the time, should totally jump on board this. But here's the thing. I take one picture and say, this is, let's say Ginger, that was my last dog's name. This is Ginger pondering life. And then the same exact picture the next day. This yeah. is Ginger. Put some funny music behind it. Wondering. No, I'm not even putting that effort into it. No, that's all you have to do because I, it's very simple. It's oh, just no, a if step. I do TikTok, I will. Yes. But it's I'll just talk a about step. Facebook. Oh, that's even easier. Right. And th- this is Ginger wondering if she's ever going to meet a male dog. This is Ginger wondering what's for supper. It's the same damn picture every time. And you know what? People will follow it because they're stupid. Well, they do follow. It's like, you know, I see a lot of this stuff on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like right now, I'm almost at 900 followers on TikTok. Look at you. I know. I mean, I just want to get to 1,000 so we can go live on it. <laughs> um, that That's the thing. Um, but so, hey, if anybody's out there and want to follow me, follow me on TikTok. What's your name? A, get me over 1,000. I think it's Palmer993. Okay. Um, I, I need to get TikTok in order to follow that, but I, I, I'll, I'll help. Yeah. But every time I post up a thing about Poppy, that's where I get my most likes. My only other one 
was that really it kind of went viral was I think it was the anniversary of the Beastie Boys album and I put up some kind of thing and mm-hmm. their music behind it and everything else and that went viral um, for whatever reason and but yeah every time Poppy is I, if I was smart I would just have Poppy the dog <laughs> and have his little TikTok account or her TikTok account and just run with it. It's hard to tell what'll go viral because my experience makes on no social sense. media is basically Facebook. Okay, my nine-year-old I, has more viral videos than I've even thought of. I do a little Twitter, but that's about as far as it gets. I've tried Instagram, I tried Snapchat, and I just kind of put them away. She does that anime stuff, and she's found her niche. But I, what what actually hits or strikes a chord with people is really amazing because I've done memes I thought were hilarious. I've created my own memes many many times, mm-hmm. but the one. That went viral, and literally I had like 30,000 shares on this thing or something like that, was one that I put of a picture of a pollen-covered car. I said, you know, up north they have, it was something like up north they have snow, but we we here in, in the south have pollen, and it's so much worse. It was just a meme that I created from that photograph, and it went ballistic. It went viral. If I, I had monetized that. that in some way, I'd have... Had enough for a Big Mac or something. I well, don't know. Well, the pro tip is, is don't try to do that on Facebook. You're not going to make any money on right. Facebook. It's got to be either on Instagram TikTok. or TikTok. Sure. No, I, I totally get that, in which I kind of just have a hard time with. with the, I, I, Those things to me are not intuitive. No, I jumped Twitter's on intuitive. I get Twitter. but See, that's, that's the one even, I don't get. Well, that's not even one that gets a lot of attention right now. But it Instagram, is now with Elon Musk. Well, yeah, now again, it's bubbled up. But Instagram, specifically TikTok. Uh, are the ones that are getting attention right now. And mm-hmm. if you can make some money off of the suckers on there, good on you. That's why I'm trying to go live, man. That's People right. will send you gifts if you're when you're live and things like that. So, I mean, it's crazy. Christopher Sass, who used to be our promotions director here, uh, was telling us, I can't remember what it was that he would do on, was it Twitch? It's Twitch. And all he does, and I, I subscribe to his channel, um, and he just plays games and talks. I mean, it's kind of a chill thing. Yeah, and he's um, a good-looking kid, and he'd have yeah. like, these middle-aged guys who probably had you know, hopes of getting a little closer to Chris, if you know what I mean, would, would send him money. Oh, he would gets, send him money. Yeah, he gets gifts, and you can see it while, you know, while he's doing his chats or yeah. whatever, and you can tell who sent what. Um, but, you know, and I have a Twitch channel, but I just don't stream games because I just don't want to talk while I'm playing well, games. Also, we, we, let's face it, you and I both suck at games. I suck really bad. Yeah, if you were going to watch... The only way anybody would watch me is if I was playing Call of Duty or Madden or something like See, that. But, and I would cuss and I would throw my remote. But my thing is, if I do do a Twitch channel, it would be, you know, over 50 dad trying to play right, a game. Right, you have to capitalize I would I would make fun of myself. Because this way, right. it kind of cuts their legs to. out from under them. Exactly. Because if I'm trying to go in there as a serious gamer at the age of 51... I'm I'm just gonna get run out of the room, um, so if I make fun of myself from the beginning and then go into it like that, I think you know, he could make some money. You know, now that I think about it, and I have thought about that specifically with that angle, the two of us could actually do like a side by side video of like Call of Duty or something like that, because I guarantee you, what you would see would be comedic. Well, because the best first thing of all, is the, the skill level is low. Yeah. Second of all, my anger gets goes off the charts like really fast but the good thing is if we get to the point where people are actually watching the stream yeah they could donate money and this way you can buy yourself new controllers yes because i've broken several controllers how many, but I don't, I don't, how many I, now it's, let's do the math it might have been one it's i i can think of four off the top of my head no i don't think it was four you told me four did i tell you four yes you know what it may very well have been and then i bought one and they're harder to get now because there's a shortage or whatever and i've For eventually a, bought one especially during the pandemic you couldn't find them all right, 
here's the secret. The last one I had was red, right? Mm-hmm. And I broke it. And I said, I got to get another one, but I really don't want to hear it from my daughter who gives me total crap when I break a controller, which I've done several times now. So I ordered it online quietly. I got the same exact one, the official PlayStation 4 controller in the same shade of red. So I got it. And a week later, I broke it. Wow. Shut up. Wow. I, but it's usable. That's it, expensive. It just, the, 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 I know, 60 bucks or 70 bucks. But the, the black plastic came separated. So, But the plus side to that is, the plus side to that is. You can say it was. No, no, no. The plus side is the last controller broken the exact same way. So I can just say it's the same one. They don't know. Nobody in my house knows. They now know if they download the they, podcast. Nobody listens to my show. Nobody listens to our podcast. Not in my family anyway. Same. So anyway, that's, I don't even know how to summarize what today's podcast was, but we're done. Have yourself a wonderful <laughs> Easter weekend. We got to get out of here. It's Good Friday when we're recording this. Uh, thank you so much for playing, downloading. Uh, contact us and let us know what you think, good, bad, or otherwise. Yeah, we would love suggestions, too. Absolutely. And, and people are, are, are not shy about giving commenting about it when we meet them in person. Yeah. But uh, email us, mudflatandpalmergmail.com. Also, you can get to us on social media, uh, on Facebook. And hey, you want those 1,000 followers? What is that thing again? Oh, it's uh, on TikTok. It's uh, Palmer993. So if you find Palmer993, you'll I see. I think it. that's what it is. See, now you get over 1,000, you're going to have to start putting some valuable content up there. That's never Not just happen. screwing around. It's not going to be valuable. It's not? It's absolutely not. Not? You know what my goal is, Is 1,000 where you can monetize, too? Yeah, you can monetize at 1,000, and you can also, yeah, it's Palmer underscore 993. Ah, that's um, important. Let's let's yeah. make sure we say that again. Palmer underscore nine nine three. But yeah, I mean, at that point, we can start doing live stuff from here, like when we're doing the morning show. Oh, we don't want to do that and stuff. Oh yeah, we one hundred percent do. We, we want to do that as of as of this recording. I'm at eight hundred seventy one. Oh, we got to get you over a thousand. I know. I'm so close. Okay, seriously. And since I know that not a lot of people yet listen to the podcast, I mean, a good amount. Yeah, I mean, a few people. But we should put that up on social media too. Nah, that's whatever. No, you get people to follow you. Absolutely. I think it is It is attached. I want to get you to the 1,000 mark. I think it is attached to my Facebook page. Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But it's not attached to mine. No. Hold on a second. <laughs> I got, I'm going right now, as we're recording this. Hey, y'all. Is it? Ed Palmer. I don't know. I, I'm looking at it. I don't know. Ed Palmer. It's not. Yeah, it is. is Actually, it is. on TikTok. Please follow him. Yeah, it's right there. At. Do you have to use the ad symbol for that? Sure. I mean, do you? Uh, I don't know how that's going to work on Facebook, but. At uh, Palmer underscore 993, right? Yeah, that's it. That's it? Yeah. It's all right there in my info on my He needs page. 130 or so more followers. That's it. That's all I need, and we can go live and we can do some stuff in the studio. Let's make it happen. All right, so I'm going to post that on Facebook right now because I have 5,000 friends on there. Some of them are going to want to follow you, I'm and then we can monetize that. Yes, we could. We can actually get people like giving you gifts and whatever. I know. While we're doing the morning show, we can actually get paid. <sighs> what a concept. I know. Really get paid. What a concept. That'd be awesome. That's a discussion for another day. Yeah, it really and is. And another podcast. Yes. See y'all later. Bye, y'all. And that's a wrap. Thanks for checking out the Mudflap and Palmer. We're forced to do a podcast podcast. A new episode goes live every Friday. So check back then. If you need more of the guys, you can hear Mudflap and Palmer in the PD on 99.3 The Cat weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. and around the world via the Cat Country app. Have a great week.